Hi, everybody. I'm Deacon Dave, and welcome to Day 31 of Grace in Suffering. And it's really exciting because we're on to a new section, AJ. Do you want to tell our listeners what that new section we are, is? We are. We are going to talk uh, for the next seven days on what I call the miracles of suffering. And that includes the beauty and the um, not just the miracles, but the hope and the faith that can be found in suffering. Yeah. And so the first uh, category, the first day's episode today is on the gospel of suffering. And when I first heard or read in St. Pope John Paul's encyclical on uh, suffering, the gospel of suffering, I was having a little trouble understanding what that meant. Mm -hmm. And I had to remind myself, one, um, what gospel meant, because I was off running around going, is there a gospel on suffering? And I realized gospel means good news. Then I was like, wait a minute, good news of suffering. So I had to give that a little bit of thought. And I believe uh, I started to understand the meaning of the good news of suffering when we st were studying the salvific nature and the saving nature of what Christ did for us. Mm -hmm. And as I've studied and grown um, in my understanding, I think, of what John Paul calls the gospel of suffering, I've kind of come to two major realities for me. Curi I'll be curious to see your thoughts on this. Okay. But the, first, the first, first major reality when you talk about the gospel of suffering is the good news is that, um, although it's not good that this happened to Jesus, but the good news of what Jesus did and his suffering and his passion and his death is that he got he bought our redemption in that process. Mm -hmm. And the second part of the good news to me is that we actually can participate in that redemption if we work with God and Jesus in our suffering. So how did that kind of change your outlook on everything as you were going through this? So again titling it The Good News of Suffering, I didn't quite understand until <laughs> after Jeff passed away. But looking back in hindsight, I realized that by we, we were able over a period of time to unite our suffering with that of Jesus. And at first, I think we probably were focused on not so much, well, I don't know if I was thinking of it in terms of our redemption, but I definitely right. was thinking of it in terms of eternal life for Jeff. I wanted to make sure that he was where he needed to be in order to, you know, enter into eternity with God, assuming that ALS was going to be what, what took him to that point. And if thinking about it, the title of this podcast is Grace and Suffering. And so I think we have to talk about the graces that are related to suffering and the graces related to what Jesus did for us. And the bottom line is God gives us all of the graces. Yes, he does. And I, it's, it's, that's why we're on day 31, right? You notice we didn't start out with the good news of suffering right on the uh, the first episode. We, well, what's the meaning of suffering? Why does this happen? And and now here we are uh, further along in this podcast series, uh, beginning to really kind of explore the good news of suffering. So often when, when I talk with people who are entering into suffering, and I think this is very clear in how uh, Monsignor brought you and Jeff along through the whole process, was that you just... You have to ease in right. to what is happening when someone is first entering into suffering, getting over the initial shock, the questions of why. And then finally, as your husband, Jeff, came to the revelation that he doesn't want to stop what God has started with ALS. He wanted to see it through, even if there was a cure, which tells me that he really, um, at that point in his journey, understood the good news of suffering. And as you have suggested, probably crazy the kind of conversations that he was having with God 
and other people who have united themselves with Christ, those conversations that they're having with God that really open their hearts up in a way that can then be shared with others. Well, and it's it's an interesting thing to think about. You know, a lot of people think to themselves, oh, you know, I, I think I'd rather just go quick and never, you know, have an opportunity to know or to have any suffering. Just like yeah. when God, when it's my time, I want to just go, God. Right. And I totally get that. I'm pretty sure that's what I want, too. As a matter of fact, I think just, you know, peacefully passing along in my sleep would be my first choice. But the value that we found in Jeff's process, I guess, of suffering and living with ALS albeit as hard as it was, and I don't, you know, God knows the right length of time that needed to be. But had we not had that, the growth that Jeff experienced during those seven plus years would not have happened, or at least not in this lifetime. I don't know what that would have looked like, uh, in, you know, after his passing. But definitely the amount of growth that I had in that time. Um, I don't like to think that Jeff suffered so that I could grow just like I don't like to think that Jesus had to suffer in order for me to be redeemed, but that is the reality of the broken world that we live in. And I do believe that with Jeff's commitment to me and our marriage, that if if he could do anything to help me get closer to God, I think he I think he appreciated that opportunity in some ways. No, absolutely. So I was actually listening to um, a sermon by an evangelical uh, minister today that I just happened to run across, and he was talking about. Um, the Israelite people and the difficulties they were having. And he was also saying that in our lives, we have difficulties. And often when this happens, we do not believe that we can prosper in a time of difficulty. But what this minister was actually saying, and I, and I like this in particular, was is that we can either get down on ourselves, we can get negative, or we can realize that God is with us in this place and that he wants us to prosper so a lot of this has to do, the good news of suffering has a lot to do with our disposition, right? Our openness, our willingness to enter and participate into it, and to just um, recognize that God can use this. Right. So our disposition has a lot to do with the power by which God will work inside of our suffering. And that's, that's the good news. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. The bottom line is that when we think about our suffering and Sometimes we ask, and I think we talked about this at the beginning, is where is God in this? You know, how, how could God allow this to happen? And the reality is that, you know, he has already responded to our suffering by, the, by way of the cross. Mm. And it's difficult to remember that, and it's difficult in a lot of ways to comprehend it in, in my, you know, limited mind. It immediately caused the question, are, are we responding to his cross? Right. He's right. asked us to pick up our crosses mm -hmm. and to carry them right in the gospel, if you will. Right. The good mm -hmm. news of the gospels that we right. read every exactly. Sunday uh, is that same good news that he is asking us um, to share in when suffering becomes a part of our journey. Well, and just the way I started thinking about the fact that we talked about the Garden of Gethsemane and Jesus knew what was happening. He knew mm -hmm. he was going to be arrested. He and he went willingly and he was able to go towards his passion, make that walk to Calvary, and be put on the cross because he already knew and understood the power of his crucifixion. Mm -hmm. And and the power of his crucifixion was saving us, but it was also showing us how to suffer because, unfortunately, it's really inherent in this world. I think it's you have me thinking about this uh, weekend that we just got off with with mm -hmm. all of the women. And one of the things that they responded to with regards to, you know, entering into struggle and difficulty 
um, especially when it comes to not something that's a physical suffering, but maybe the suffering of a family member or something that they're doing, right? You know, our fear to surrender that to God is that the outcome may be different than what we want. But everybody's suffering is individual and they have to surrender it to God. And it doesn't mean that we don't participate that and try to help in that. But so often, and I think you've seen this maybe in some of the families of people with ALS, it not only takes that person down, but it takes other people in the mm-hmm. family down. And I think that's the danger of us not you know, recognizing that this there is good news contained within this suffering that needs to be surrendered to God. In other words, we need to allow God to immerse himself into what is present to uh, our, our particular situation. Right. And I just, I mean, I just felt the need to clarify. I still don't think there's any good news about ALS. Right. The good news is that in that ALS, ALS was the way suffering was brought into my life and into Jeff's life. Prior to that, our lives were fairly easy, you know, relative to most people. And so I feel like in some ways to prepare us better, uh, prepare me better for the rest of my life and to prepare Jeff for his life in eternity, that that is the good news is that there was a way we could use that in order to better prepare ourselves. So you just made me think of something that I want to tell you. I was listening to EWTN on my way over here. And one of the questions is, is when you, um, when you die and your spouse goes before you, will you still, still be married in heaven? Right. And the answer is, is no, you will not be married in heaven. But I love the way this priest described it. He said, he said, every single thing that you ever did, you'll, you will remember, you'll remember one another and you'll even see how the things that weren't so good were redeemed. Once you're in heaven, that's like, just kind of put a big smile on my face. You know, when he said that, even like ALS and all of these things, right in heaven, a fuller, broader explanation and understanding um, will occur. And a lot of, uh, a lot of conversation between you and Jeff about what was going on in his heart Mm -hmm. while he was going through this will be revealed. Good. Because he had trouble communicating. Yeah, exactly. But isn't that, um, what a beautiful way to, to just look at, the suffering and then ultimately the death that we'll all have, right? right. Um, the fact that um, none of those things go away. Right. And well, and and you make me think about more than one person has said this to me, that when our loved ones who've gone before us and are in, in heaven with God, they are completely happy and joyful. Mm-hmm. And the question is, how can they be so happy and joyful when they see how much pain their passing has caused us and how much struggling we're doing. And it is, it's kind of beyond this, this, our comprehension because they already, they already know how exciting it's going to be. So, so I've got to tell you this. So I I actually called in, which I've never done because I had a question and Mm -hmm. the question was, is, and, and I guess it's sort of related to what you said is like Adam and Eve were, they walked with God, but they still sinned. I said, so when we go to heaven, how, what stops us from sinning? And um, the priest said, well, that's a good question. He said that Adam and Eve weren't in heaven. They were in the garden. Right. Okay. So while they were able to see God, they were not in the face of the full beatific vision. And so when you're in heaven, your intellect and your will are perfectly satisfied by the beatific vision of God. And so Jeff is perfectly satisfied with the beatific vision of God. And I just thought that was 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 so beautiful um, the way he described that. Oh, that is not, um, thanks for asking that question. And, yeah. sharing. He, and he, then he went on to do like an analogy. He said, well, this is not a good analogy, but it's like, if you, if you have a great Italian meal, 
right? And you have all these meatballs and you were just completely full. He said, is there any way anybody else can offer you any more food that you're going to want? <laughs> good point. Probably not. <laughs> right, right. Maybe a good Tarabasu father. But anyway, that's, <laughs> yeah. let's assume that you were like completely full. So that's what it's like for Jeff. He's completely full of the perfection of God. That's awesome. I almost can't top that, except I do want to just end, I think, with okay. what uh, Pope John Paul II says about suffering, because I just, I love this quote. Your sufferings, accepted and born with unshakable faith, when joined to those of Christ, can take on extraordinary value for the life of the church, which is all of us, mm-hmm. and the good of all of humanity. That's beautiful. Amen. So let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, uh, for anyone who is going through suffering, we would ask that you would help them uh, wherever they may be in the process to begin to reveal the good news of their struggle, the good news of picking up their cross. Lord, help them, um, if they haven't, to completely unite it with your cross, uh, to surrender everything to you. If you're a family member who is struggling with someone who's suffering, we'd ask you to just give yourself to the Lord. Allow him to take over every part of who you are as you walk in this journey of suffering with someone else. And I ask that you bless everyone listening in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. See you next time. Bye.